off and running on a Thursday night from the Circus Sportsbook. It is the nightcap. Dan Leach, the pride of Detroit, Michigan, back for another installment. We can't get rid of him. We've yeah. tried. I mean, you tried really hard. I know. But I, I'm still here. I'm, pick, I'm picking him up every day from the South Point, driving him here. Almost, I, almost, I thought I was driving by. I said, eh, do I pick him up today? Nah. Uh, well, okay, you saw my thumb off. That's I know. That was what he did. Went. He's been buying me iced coffees. So, you know, he's bribing me. I know a way to the man's heart. So, <laughs> uh, no, I, I am fired up. Fired up to have you back. And you've got about 57 bets tonight. Well, we talked about this last night. I wasn't going to be heavily invested today, but I decided to uh, for whatever stupid reason. So, I wore the stock shirt. It was your stock shirt because I'm heavily invested. <laughs> but, yeah, I went crazy, Tim. I had a nice night of the slots, a little poker action. You were tweeting about a steak and eggs at, at $5 steak and eggs, 4 a.m. Yeah, I, I had just finished my uh, – I, I, was, I was on air doing my Milwaukee hit at 6 a.m. like I always do, and I look at my Twitter feed, and you had just <laughs> tweeted. I'm like, all right. Dan's having a good good night, and uh, yeah, you said he had a good night at the slots, so hey, here we are. Maybe we met a lady, and my, my friend uh, who lives in L.A. was like, steak and eggs, 4 a.m., uh, steak and over, over easy eggs at 4 a.m., gross. I <laughs> loved it. It was fantastic. Medium rare, some wheat, some wheat toast. All right, so what, what are we uh, – so I personally have a play just about the tip. I uh, have decided – you know, last night we talked about Portland and Phoenix, best game of the night. And, you know, Phoenix are, is, is trying to creep up to that one seed. Very, very long shot to get there, but trying to get it's a there. possibility. Uh, and Portland, uh, with a win tonight, they clinch the sixth seed. Well, they clinch a playoff berth, I should say. I should phrase it that way. They avoid the play-in game with a win tonight. So a lot on the line for both of these teams. And we talked about it last night. I liked the Blazers. They were catching... Uh, at DraftKings last night, five and a half. Yep. It's now two. Two. Now two I did legit. Now I did not play it. I was late to it and I saw the you know saw the move and I said no thanks. But I did grab the total at two thirty four and now we're up at some spots at two thirty seven and a half. I think this should be a track meet, and that game about to tip off here momentarily. You know why you got that three-point uh, bump in your, you know, uh, get, that you know you had the favor on that is because you made the bet, and they knew <laughs> the Murray man is is top level, and the line moved three points. I, I last night when we brought this game, I can make a case for both these teams. Sure, today. and we were both on Portland last night. That was a great win for us. People were already thinking us on Twitter, so you're welcome. But. Tonight, back-to-back, Phoenix, I know it's not, like you said, not a great chance, but they could get the one seed. Mm-hmm. I, I love Portland. That line obviously went way down, so there's a lot of money. Uh, both sides, square and sharp action on, on Portland. But I just, I, I don't trust the game. I don't trust it. Yeah, so for me, looking at the total, and, you know, Miami, uh, this one just concluded, and we'll hit on some NBA as the night goes on, but Miami, a nice win tonight against Philadelphia. Yep, you, said, uh, you liked them last night. Uh, they get the, uh, they're, they're keeping the, uh, the heat on here. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> New York does get the win, doesn't get the cover, uh, but this is a game you took the money line, right? Yeah, it was a touch of the five and a half or five. So I got uh, the, the the parlays already won. So we got the Knicks there you go. on the money line. And I, and I remember last night I said that I did not like the Clippers on the road against Charlotte, definitely minus the eight. So I took the money line. And I went against normally when you go against your own feeling, you lose, but I got lucky. So that's over. But I'm really sweating out the over in the Houston Texas Rangers game. Had the, 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 sure. Got to get a random baseball total in May. Uh, six runs so far. I think it's still in the fifth inning, so I need I need four more. Can we get it in? 
right, I'm pulling for you, man. Uh, we will we, coffee for you. We will. Yeah, I know. I need I need my iced coffees. I, that's why I solely am. Uh, I'm, I'm selfish. I just want you to win based on me getting iced coffees when I. It's a fair deal. I pick you up from the South Point, um, but Philadelphia wins. Or excuse me, Miami wins. The Knicks win. So you're four, five, and six, ladies and gentlemen, in the Eastern Conference. All 39 and 31. Incredible. And as of right now, it's Atlanta 4, Miami 5, and the Knicks sitting there at 6 uh, with some games to be played. We'll get into those later. But Portland and Phoenix coming up in just a little bit. Phoenix laying 2. Damian Lillard over under 27.5. Devin Booker over under 27.5. Should be a great one. We'll keep tabs on that. But what do you say? We get this show officially going? Fired up. Let's do it. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. It is the nightcap here on VSIN live from the Circus Sportsbook. That's Dan Leach at Dan Leach971. At one Tim Murray is where you can find me. And Dan, I did you ever watch uh, Conan O'Brien when he was on NBC? All the time. So he Loved used, Conan. He, when he would wrap up every monologue, he would always say, we got a good show tonight. And then he'd <laughs> say, a great show tonight. Yeah, unlike last night, that was a ter- terrible show. <laughs> now, I'm not saying last night was a bad show, but I'm really fired up about tonight's show because we've got a little preakness for you, my man. Uh, we'll get the ponies, even though, man, that field is weak. Just, it's super weak, but you got a cheater in there. So, well, the he didn't right. cheat. Yeah, as we learned, did cheat. We as learned Johnny Avello told us last night, the Can't horse, the horse, horse did not cheat. But Kenny Rice uh, is uh, is phenomenal, and he's going to be on NBC's coverage as he always is. He'll be joining us in this hour at ten forty five Eastern, and then Warren Sharp, who has done, uh, you know, he dives maestro. I mean, he dives into the minutia of everything, and his thing right now is strength of schedule. So what I will tell our listeners and our viewers, take what he says and look at win totals for the season. Uh, so we're going to focus really on on strength of schedule, the schedule release with Warren Sharp. He'll join us at 11.05. And then a guy that I think fits your personality to a T, one of my favorites, Brad Evans, even though he is a Chicago guy, so you guys will go back it's and forth about Wiener that. Wiener Circle and Coney Dogs. I, you know, it's going to be fun. But Brad Evans will join us. So a big, big show coming up. As mentioned, we got Blazers and Suns about to tip off this line right now, sitting at two. Phoenix is a two-point home favorite with Portland. This market moving very much in their favor. Oh, yeah. Open five and a half. It is now sitting at two. We've seen a total go up four and a half points. I jumped in earlier today at 234. It's at 237. Uh, so feeling good about that. But hey, you know, everyone that, uh, what's that meme out there with the guy with the girlfriend? And oh, yeah, everyone's looking it's, backwards. It's, it's final result. And then, you know, we see closing line value. We're like, yeah. Listen, so, I didn't like either side, but that's going to be a points palooza. I hope I, so. I think you're good. I hope so. So, uh, and you've got 57 bets going on. Yep. At 58 now. I just made 50, okay, cool. Uh, Denver up on Minnesota right now, 109.96. They're laying two on the road. Uh, the Toronto Raptors and Chicago Bulls, who cares? But I'll tell you what the the uh, score is, 109.97. Right, Chicago laying 10. Does he? Probably not. Probably. How do you like the Bulls right now? He's, exactly he's so focused on the Bears. Uh, and then Memphis. This is uh, 
Uh, it, it ultimately it's not that big a deal because Memphis and Golden State are are pretty much locked in a winner go home type of situation. Not winner go home. Winner gets the eight, loser gets the nine on Sunday. But Memphis is struggling right now against Sacramento as an eight point home favorite, one hundred two to ninety eight. I hated that game. We were looking at the games, uh, you know, for today last night, and I looked at it. And I said, you know what? Because remember on the Thunder watch the other night, Sacramento destroyed Oklahoma City. But you look at that, it's just a weird situation right there. Eight-point spread. You know, you mentioned they're kind of locked in in a way, but I did not like that at all. And look, Sacramento, I mean, it's a long way to go, but they might win that game outright as eight-point dogs. Yesterday, we spent a lot of time on the week one uh, the week one lines, looking at those, and the folks at DraftKings have put out game-of-the-year lines. Love it. And interestingly enough, there's a game on there, and I'm going to get right to it because you're the you're the Detroit guy. Rams Lions. Rams Lions. It's going to be one of the biggest games of the year. You know that. Sunday, October 24th, the return. <laughs> it's not even the return. Well, I guess it's the return of golf. Yes, the return of golf. The return babe. of Jay Goff. Uh, the Rams are laying ten and a half, and I, I look I, I looked at this just specifically for you. Money line for Detroit plus four twenty. Interesting, 420 for our tokers out there. It's legal in a lot of places. Um, I, I think the lines are going to get their asses kicked. I mean, golf's obviously coming back. Well, you said, you know, coming back home. It, there's going to be a lot on the line for, you know, pride and stuff like that. No pun intended with the Lions. And Dan Campbell's going to tell his guys to bite Stafford's kneecap and, and, and those kind of, <laughs> you know, wacky things. But listen, that is going, the Lions are just so dearth of talent. Uh, hopefully Panay Sewell gets past this COVID thing and it's going to be a factor on that line to protect Goff. But I, I just think that the Rams are going to come out, and we'll see how the Lions start. They're going to be really, really bad or be in some games and still just win three or four this year. I like the Rams. I, I, hate this, I, I hate laying that many points, but I might actually take that right now because it's probably going to go to 12 or 13 at some point. Yeah, I want to go back and, and great graphic there on the, on the uh, visual side, vcin.com, of just showing all the games. I, I want to go back to the, the first game. The, 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 I have week two. We'll get to those uh, a little bit later as well uh, at DraftKings. But the first game of the year, so to speak, after week two is a Monday night showdown, Philadelphia and Dallas. A, a, are we doing this again? We're, we're doing this again Seems where the like Cowboys it. are – the Cowboys are almost a touchdown favorite. I recognize that the Eagles have a, have a lot of issues, but I am not laying almost a touchdown. I would wait, though, because I, I think people are going to lay it with the Cowboys. They think the Eagles stink. Um, you know, Once again, this being DraftKings, a lot of people in Philadelphia will bet it. Uh, For sure South Jersey, will. obviously, near Atlantic City, they're going to be pounding this. I, I just – Dak is back, and <laughs> – Week one, I'm intrigued by them and the points against Tampa Bay. But this is we're, we're falling into that trap again, Dan, where it's, it's Dallas. We just assume that they're really good. Mike McCarthy's not a great coach. No. You know, Zeke Elliott isn't what he used to be. They're talented, but we said that all last year, and guess what happened? They didn't win the division. Not even yet. They had an embarrassment of a, of a defense. Dan Quinn comes in. Hopefully he, he figures that out. Leighton Van Der Esch was a waste of a first-round pick a couple of years yep. ago. They had to try to uh, you know change that and mitigate that with the, the drafting of Micah Parsons. I'm not laying six and a half with the Dallas Cowboys against the Philadelphia Eagles well, in, a, in a rivalry game on a Monday night. I can't say this enough about the Cowboys, and I definitely was fading them last year. That division was obviously put, you know, not good. Incredibly awful and putrid. 
But listen, if Dallas is healthy, and you mentioned Zeke Elliott, he's such a huge, he's such a talented guy, but such an injury bug at times. They, they've got Gallup, they've got CeeDee Lamb, they've got some weapons, you know, not anything crazy when you look at the overall, you know, skill player set there. But Dak Prescott, you said it again, Dak's back. Yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean that he's going to go backwards again? He's going to get hurt again? He's going to be a, a negative metric player in the quarterback position? I think Dallas is obviously a, a lot of times overinflated anyway because they have such a big fan base. And you mentioned the betting aspect where you're going to see so much public money on a, on a Cowboys team that shouldn't deserve it at times. And back to your Eagles point, I mean, the Jalen Hurts show, I think the Eagles have a lot of holes in a lot of different places, and the magic of Doug Peterson sure wore off quickly after the Super Bowl, but it's it's one of these things where that is way too many points in a divisional game at that point in the season. So there's no way I'd lay that kind of uh, wood with, with Dallas. I think Dallas is not going to be nearly as good as many people think they are. One of the most highly anticipated games of the 2021 season is going to be week four. It's oh, the sure. return of Brady. I mean, this game is going to be... It writes itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you do just think about signing... Tom Brady is so crazy. He absolutely knew that in year two in Tampa... For sure he There did. was a return to Foxborough. You know, he, most players would be like, oh, well, that worked out uh, fortunately. He knew. He, he probably knew five years ago. Yeah. He probably he had to, Everything's planned for the guy. So he knew this probably five years ago. Of course, it's going to be a nationally televised game. And I, I, I mean, it's it's a long way away. I, I want it tomorrow. I cannot wait. You know that's going to do some of the greatest numbers in the history of uh, Sunday Night Football. And then you throw in the the possibility of him breaking Drew Brees' all time passing Great record. Point by you. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, so it, it just it like you said. I think you it writes itself. It I mean, there, there's itself. there's no lead up needed. Uh, the ratings are going to be through the roof early October, Foxborough. Uh, you know, this Patriots team goes out and signs everybody that was available. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick uh, Bourne. Uh, they get Jonu Smith. I mean, they were just spending money. They were handing out money like it was candy. They draft Mac Jones in the first round. What is, Matt, uh, what is Cam going to have for us? I don't think much. New England, it's a very intriguing number, right? It's sitting there at three and a half. So you're getting that hook. Does New England keep this game close? I'll tell you right now, I'm not, I would not touch this game at this point in time just because I, I want to see what the Patriots are. Yep. Uh, as you see, they were not great against the number last year, one of the few times that they were you know, uh, uh, not great against the number. But you're getting Belichick, Sunday Night Football, revenge. But you know, I think uh, I saw today on, on Twitter there were – New England radio stations. I think it was Scott Zolak's show. They were predicting a 4-0 start for the Patriots. I mean, they're building this thing up, and Brady's going to be so fired up for revenge in this game. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, But if you made me pick it, if if you put your money here and I got to spend that, um, I, I guess I would... I guess I would take Tampa, but I, I wouldn't feel great about it. I gave you all that cash in the car, so you That's just, true. just use that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for me, and you know what I think is, you, you bet you that you know, people in New, York, New England sports radio are talking, you know, 4-0. Dolphins at Jets, Saints uh, leading into uh, that that big game against the Bucks for the Patriots. I just have this weird feeling that, because I said, you know, that I, I have no trust in Cam Newton. I think it's going to be Mac Jones' team before you know it, whether because of injury or not. And that's not a good situation, I don't think, for New England right away. I think that they're going to be they, – they could be one and two heading into that game, New England. And I think the Bucs are going to get off to a good start. What if that game completely – like it, Brady should go out there and want to destroy them. 
and win that game by 25 points, and the Bucs were good enough to do that maybe, even though the Patriots' defense has been pretty solid, even though the offense stinks. I think the Patriots would win that game in that weird scenario that they're struggling, they've started off terribly, Bucks look great, it's a three-and-a-half, four-point you know, home spread. Be, I'll say this right now. If that scenario plays out where the Patriots get off to a slow start and this line sticks around, I mean, Aaron Oster knows right now. I would be Money all line over, Patriots. Oh, I would be all over the Patriots. Yeah, this, this that's would what be I'm a, leading right this, now. I mean, the public would – anytime the public loves a short road dog, it's, it's game on. Oh, you know, for take, sure. Take the home favorite. You know, too, that whatever the situation is, there is going to be so much money just because it's Tom Brady – the handle for that game is going to be astronomical. It's I think a it's going to break, break records. Primetime game. It is, I mean, I tell you what, week one, Dallas and Tampa Bay is going to break records. Oh, for sure it is. There are a couple games that already have lined up. You say, wow, that, that, I mean, that game right there, opening night, <laughs> is going to be. I saw our friend Patrick Everson uh, had some quotes today uh, on, uh, on Twitter and at Covers.com about, uh, talking to people from behind the book, uh, behind the counter, and they're all saying, "Yeah, that that game is gonna, you know, be monster, monster." Hand. Defending champs, Tom Brady, Dallas Cowboys. It it is gonna be enormous. Um, so I, I have flip flopped now. I'm a flip flopper. I will wait, but I can tell you right now, looking ahead into the crystal ball, if New England gets off to a slow start, I think they will. that line is gonna be. F- Suspiciously low. Yep. Public is going to be pounding Tom Brady and Tampa. Might get up to four and a half or something in that ballpark. Yeah, I'll be I'll be on the Patriots that night. Big question: Are they going to raise the banner that night or wait like for three months like the Lakers did? Do we know? Are they going to raise <laughs> well, it? What, it, it what banner? What banner are the Patriots raising this year? Oh, hey, okay, we went seven and nine. Yeah, well, the, the, the Belichick worst, se- worst season worst ever. season in Belichick history. I mean, Brady's going back. They should raise something for him. Yeah, they'll, they'll be like, uh, will he get booed or cheered? <laughs> No, I'm serious. That's no. That's a good. That's a great point. He should get cheered. He didn't do anything wrong. Well, you know, they this, didn't want him. I'll bring my Detroit love back in for a second. When Matt Stafford comes Dang. back to Detroit, yeah, I, I was good yesterday. Remember, when he goes back to Detroit, there will be like Justin Verlander when he came back. I was actually at that game. Uh, it was it was funny. There was like three thousand people at Comerica Park when Jamie came back with the Astros because the Lions were playing the Jets in the most abominable game in the history of football. You said JV a couple times off air last night, and I just kind of nodded my head. I had no idea. I didn't know that people called Justin Verlander JV. Yeah, that's a, is that a Detroit thing, like Coney Dogs? I call him Justin Verlander. All right, Justin Verlander, you got me. <laughs> but he comes back, and he it was incredible the amount of love. They did a video tribute on the board for him. I, I think that they're gonna. He's gonna get absolutely. To. Che- if you boo Tom Brady after what he did for you in all those years in New England, you are a blank hole. Yeah, no, that's it, the bottom line. There's no way they're gonna boo him. So that was a game. I mean, that's a game on May 12th or May 13th that we're gonna talk about, and we're gonna the the hype, the build up for that game is just gonna be through the roof. And then how about the next weekend? We get the AFC Championship rematch, Buffalo. Visiting the Kansas City my Chiefs. Game of the year, I, I think Kansas City at DraftKings right now, laying three and a half. And yeah, when we went through the exercise last night of our favorite games, both these were on, on both of our lists. Maybe the two best teams in the NFL, Buffalo taking on Kansas City, and you've got Kansas City laying three and a half, and, and you brought up the point, and, and it's 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 important to remember, you know, last year against the number. The Chiefs struggled. They did. So is this a spot where the Bills are are, are able to keep this thing close? Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I might have already put a little money on the Bills, just to let you know. I think the Bills are going to be great in this spot. Uh, you know, whether we'll see how the Chiefs get get started, but just Josh Allen and the Bills 
with a real chance to be a super type of team. I mean, last year they were not. I loved their their possibilities last year, but they weren't ready to win a championship, and you saw that late in the playoffs uh, when they finally lost. But I think they're going to go into Arrowhead and win that game outright. I'm going to take money line. I'm taking the three and a half right now. I think based on what happens early in the season, that line could actually go down to three, the key number. I mean, we know three and seven are the key numbers in football. But I, if the Chiefs start off well, it could, it could move higher. I, I am all about the Bills in that game. I think Josh Allen is a huge one. And there's the Chiefs schedule. Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Eagles, then that week five showdown with Chiefs the Bills. Chiefs one and two to I, start. I, I really like what the uh, what the Chiefs did uh, this year in the offseason. Um, it, it may not be you know long-term setting them up for 10 years, but it's it's the right now, right? They make the trade for, for Orlando Brown. Solidify the left side. They trade around their first round pick. They go out to get Creed Humphrey, who I think will ultimately be their starting center. They get Joe Thune in uh, in free agency. They get Kyle Long to come out of free uh, come out of retirement. So they have reworked that offensive line, which I wouldn't say is the reason they lost the Super Bowl. There was many reasons. They, that they was just, a big part they, of it. They just got sma- smashed. But they went out and they 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 took what was a weakness and they made it into a strength. I don't know if the Bills are ready yet for that moment at Arrowhead, but it's that juicy number, that three and a half. We got more games to hit on and an update of what's happening. Portland and Phoenix were just up and running, folks. It's the Nightcap here on VEASAN. This means there are two episodes this week of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. The first was a pop-up available now. Las Vegas bookmakers and horse players, Chris Andrews, Johnny Avello, is a on our show last night. Dwayne Colucci, they analyze all ten horses in this weekend's race. Friday's regular episode from Baltimore features Hall of Fame trainer D. Wayne Lucas, Medina Spirits exercise rider Humberto Gomez. And Maryland Jockey TV host Naomi Tucker. Both episodes will be available for download at vison.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. It's sponsored by First Bet. Tim Murray, Dan Leach with you. It is the nightcap here on Vison and just underway. In the first quarter is uh, Portland and Phoenix. I, w- I would like it to be a little more up-tempo here. 13-11 with 6.15 to go in the first quarter. you got to set it in the juice. So set we need, it in the juice. So let's pick it up a little bit, boys. Here we go. Let's, uh, you know, some of these games will get off to a slow start to the next thing. You know, you have 65-point six, quarters. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Uh, that would be nice. So I'm at uh, I closed at 237. I took it at 234. Suns closed as a two-point favorite, and they lead by two with 6.15 to go. In uh, in that actually close two thirty seven and a half you here at Circa yeah uh, usually the lines go the other way I, I just do want to quickly update we were talking about Memphis maybe losing outright they have righted the ship they lead one sixteen to one hundred so I believe with a win today they would assure that Sunday will mean. The winner gets eight, the loser gets nine in yep. Golden State and Memphis. So with them winning today, that will lock that in. So Sunday should be a fun one. I don't know. Time still hasn't been determined on Memphis TBD. and uh, Golden State. Hopefully a night game. I was thinking probably a 7 o'clock Eastern start. All right, with me. Works for me. Yeah, coming in tonight, uh, you know, they were around, the Grizzlies were around a 70-plus percent favorite to be the nine seed. So right. that's going to obviously change. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to – we're going to have this – you know, we, the playing tournament and – 
I'm not trying to say that I, I hate it. I, I, I have weird feelings about it, but it's going to be fun. Yes. I, I'm excited about that. It's different. I just, it feels very college basketball to me. You know, opening round games, first four games. It's the NBA, but it gives more teams a chance. It's a pandemic year. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm a very positive guy. I'm not trying to, you know, rain on people's parade, but I just, I hope it's as fun as it could be. Yeah, I, I, I think, obviously, if we get Golden State and, and the Lakers, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better play-in game with... No! And you mentioned college, but that's what gives it that feel, right? First-round matchups, more often than not, now that they've gone back to seven games for however many years it's been, upsets don't really happen in no. the first round. Because nope. after four games, you know, four wins, the best team's going to prevail. But as we learn, as we know from college basketball, anything can happen, especially if you get Steph Curry, even though... A healthy Lakers team is so much significantly better pound for pound than the Warriors. You get Steph Curry doing Steph Curry things. Well, and you know in a game like that, Curry's going to have like 15 threes. He could. It'll be like 15 of 30, but he'll have 15 threes. Yeah. So that's that's the excitement about that, and that's why I'm trying not to say that, uh, you know, I'm trying to be a war. You know, but if it's Lakers. Memphis and Memphis and the Lakers, you're going to be like, eh. <sighs> yeah. So. <sighs> No offense to the Memphis Grizzly fans out there, but you know oh, they're a hardy bunch. We'd much rather have Golden State and the Lakers in the play-in situation. It'd be fun for Ja Morant to be going yeah. against the Lakers. He probably have forty and fifteen. And Portland, by the way, uh, can throw a wrench in that. Is here yes. we go, boys. Here we go. Eighteen to here sixteen. Comes the tempo. Um, but Portland could throw a wrench or not throw a wrench in it. They can solidify it. Is what I meant to say. If they win today, they are locked in to the playoff bracket, meaning the Lakers are locked in to the play-in game. One quick question. I, I did. I liked the over. I mean, I liked your over. But did you get worried at all about Portland on a back-to-back after a big emotional win last night in Utah? Uh, That's the one thing I was thinking about. I, I just think this, I don't know, maybe th- this is my mindset. This late in the year, knowing the desperation, that didn't really bug me all that much. Yeah, because I, no, I, I, I think that it shouldn't be a factor. <laughs> I think it should be a factor. But it's one of those things where on a back to back, you need a, a sneeze, a uh, you know, a little handkerchief there. But yeah, I, I just that's the one thing I'm thinking about. But I, once again, I think the second quarter is going to make you a lot happier. I, I hope really so. Uh, how's your uh, How's your Rangers Astros Rangers Astros over? Because yeah, you know, you're, you're here in Vegas. It's May 13th, and I I told you I was not going to be heavily invested, and of course I'm in Vegas and had a nice night at the slot, so I I went crazy, which is not the smartest thing to do. Uh, I think we're still three three. I was trying to double check that they had six runs in the first three innings, and then nothing of note. What I want, what I really want, is a four four game going to extras, because then I can't lose. I mean, I can obviously push. But if you get a four-four game going to extras, you might get runs for both teams. Happened with an Angels game the other week. Well, I tell you what, we've you know documented it quite a bit in treats and beats throughout the baseball season. Is when you go to extra innings and you've got an under, man, it is you are toast. It is awful. Eighty percent so, of the time. On the other side, you've got an over three to three right now. Could Let's be go. a worse place. Be much much happier with that than four three. That <laughs> yeah, is way happier for sure. Offensive and rookie, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. You joined me yesterday as I made a bet. On this, we'll talk about it next right here on the Nightcap. The 
This is Saturday evening, and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horses, jockeys, track conditions, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge. Whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exacta and trifecta once or twice a year, our team is here to get you ready and make your best bet on the Preakness. Visit VEASAN.com backslash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, my, uh, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plunk. That's VEASAN.com backslash horses. Tim Murray, Dan Leach with you. It is the nightcap. What's up, man? You're, I, you're fired up. Well, I asked you if I could get four goals for the Avs yes. uh, on that minus one and a half, and they did it. You did it for me, so thank you. They just scored their fourth straight goal out of the Avs. Minus one and a half. So, so far, this could be three and zero on the night. But I'm very nervous about this over in the Houston-Texas game. Come on, runs. You need points. I need runs. Yeah, I need points. So, root it in. Uh, I, am on, uh, I am on the Blazers and Suns tied at 22 with two and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. So, you know, could be, could be in better shape. but <laughs> could be in worse shape. You're going to so, have a huge second quarter, right? at least 70 points. Um, so... Offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Odds uh, have been dropping in different spots. DraftKings have had them right away. Uh, BetMGM right away. Here in town, uh, BetMGM obviously had them. Uh, the Westgate Superbook uh, dropped them yesterday. Uh, offshore shops have had them. So it's a it's a interesting market certainly to discuss. And you have seen some movement. Uh, one guy that I was interested in offensively that... I didn't ultimately pull the trigger. Opened around 35-1 to 1 was Javante Williams for the Denver Broncos at DraftKings. He's now down to 20-1. to 1. Yep, that's so a big move. We've seen some movement there. Uh, and then he was at 25-1 to 1 at the Westgate Superbook. I, you know, I, I haven't played anything on the offensive side. I have one bet so far. Actually, I did take a flyer. On uh, based on Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus recommendation at 100 to one on Trey Sermon. Yeah, he I loves like Trey, he loves Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is 25 to one uh, at DraftKings. So at 100 to one, I thought why not throw a couple bucks on it, see what happens. Uh, but no real big bet. I have thought long and hard about Kyle Pitts just because of I believe he's going. He's a he's a red zone nightmare. Oh, he's going to be dominant. And if he has 10, 11 touchdowns for a team, in my opinion, that is going to be better than what Vegas says they're going to be. I think they will be better than their seven, seven and a half win total. I think there's a chance there with Kyle Pitts, but who do you have your eye on? And don't say Penesul. Uh Well, I have. I took a flyer on him at five thousand to one, so I got. <laughs> I put. I put forty two cents on him to win like twenty grand. Uh, you gave me a lot of grief on this game last night. Well, I, I, this team, this his uh, his team's game. When I was talking about the Jags and the Bengals. You know, I love the Jags in that game against the Bengals Thursday Night Football Week 4. I think it's a, two is a minus two is a steal for the Jags on the road. Uh, but I, I'm looking at the offensive line of the Jaguars. I'm looking at Travis Etienne's 20-1 to 1 right now. Their line's pretty good. It's Urban Meyer. It's this team that's going to try to be up-tempo and be fun. They, you know, they had some you know, interesting stuff last year when it came to the running game uh, with Robinson. Robinson rushed for... Uh, like 900 yards. Yeah, he was year. almost a thousand yard rusher. So I mean, I, there, there's, there's a lot of ways you can tackle offensive rookie of the year. And obviously, Lawrence is the favorite for good reason. And Trey Lance is six to one, and the, and Fields the second favorites for a reason. If Fields ends up being the starter, uh, hopefully early in the season, if you're a Bears fan. 
But I look at ETN, and I just feel like he could go off behind that line, 20 to 1. That's that's pretty solid value. I love the Trey Sermon, another one of my sharp uh, prop friends. Got Trey Sermon at 100 to 1. It's, I, I think that's a, a steal at 100 to 1, obviously, not down, as you mentioned, at DraftKings to 25 to 1. But something is sticking out with Travis ETN. The Jags are really got, obviously, the best uh, quarterback and running back in this year's draft. And I just feel like he's going to have a big year behind that line. Makes me nervous that Urban Meyer called him a third down back. Uh, I know, but I think that's a I think that's a lot of misdirection. He's not going to be a third down back. I I I'll, I'll, I'm in a very big wait and see approach with the Jaguars, as we talked about yesterday. I don't know how the Jaguars, a one in fifteen team, is laying points in week one. How about their win total, six and a half? Yeah, it, it is. There seems to be a lot of buzz there. I'm under on that. By Understandably the way. so, with you know Urban coming in, Daryl Bevel. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, they draft ETN. Uh, I think ETN will have a successful year. It's dynamic. At 20 to 1, doesn't really intrigue me, but running backs can win it. Last year, uh, I was on Jonathan Taylor. Obviously, that didn't work out. Had a slow start to the year, picked it up late. Um, but, you know, for me, I mentioned Javante Williams when he was higher at 35 to 1 or so. Um, yeah, Kyle Pitts is intriguing me. I think Jamar, I like Kyle Pitts. Jamar Chase could have a absolutely monster year, but Cincinnati's got talent at wide receiver. Two things. One, Jalen Waddle is another one that jumps out. 16-1's not terrible value, but back to the point about Etienne and why I like it. it. You know, when you have offensive and defensive MVPs for the league, you normally have to be on a good team. When you're an offensive or defensive rookie of the year, you could be on a really bad team and still win it. That's why I look at Etienne. If he goes off the way Robinson almost had 1,000 yards and the Jags are 3-13, and 13, or 3, I'm sorry, 3-14, and 14, uh, then it's not going to matter. You can still win that. that and that's why you have to look at, at players that are in good situations because it doesn't really matter what the team's win-loss total is as much as what they do overall production-wise. Yeah, this is not the MVP. This is rookie yeah. of the year. Uh, so obviously the quarterbacks, the Trevor Lawrence's, the Zach Wilson's, the Justin Fields, the Trey Lance's, they're all uh, the favorites. But, you know, this is not like your MVP. Running backs have won it. Saquon Barkley won it. Uh, Alvin Kamara won it. Uh, we've seen... Uh, wide receivers. Odell Beckham was the last wide receiver to win it. So, you know, wide receivers, running back can win this award. Switching quickly to the defensive side, Micah Parsons is your favorite. He's a plug-and-play starter. He should be. Most talented guy uh, by most measures. Um, Other names that that jump out, and I made a bet yesterday. uh, We talked about it the day, you know, the first show after the draft. I'm on. I'm all in on Jamin Davis. Um, Love him. You know, Jamin Davis. I got it at twelve to one at the Westgate Superbook. Uh, if you have points bet, he's at fourteen to one. Uh, I saw an offshore shop that had him at four to one as the favorite. Four to one. Yeah, which is ridiculous. That what would, a cavalcade of Of course, of I would never bet that. But Jamin Davis, uh, I'll, I'll give you the elevator pitch on Jamin Davis because I want to get your thoughts on a defensive side here in just a moment. But gets drafted by Ron Rivera. A former linebacker. Jack Del Rio is his head, his yep. defense coordinator. Great coordinator. Former linebacker. You, you, Luke Keekley, uh, Thomas Davis, that front line in front of Jamin Davis, they're just going to set him loose. And I think Darius Leonard, not all the way leading the league in tackles production, but I think that is the possibility. Tackle machine. That's why Jamin Davis at 12 to 1, not 8 to 1, was intriguing to me. What do you got? You brought up the Colts yesterday. I think they're going to be a, a much better team that, than something they could be. Quitty Pay. Here you go. Quitty pay 10 to 1. Not the greatest value. But of course. I'm sorry. He's a wrecking machine. Jeremiah Usukoromoa. Where am I? I should have just had my you know, my blue and gold on like <laughs> you rocking your Michigan on your sleeve. Of course. Why, why, why do we even have this segment? I knew it would be quitty pay. 
Listen, I went with Travis Etienne. He's a Clemson guy. Because Michigan didn't have any offensive yeah, players right. drafted. If Anthony Thomas was still playing, I would have gone with him. We'll talk some Preakness next. Stick around. It's the Nightcap here on VEASAN. Welcome back in to the Indeed.com studio. Hiring? Start finding the right people right away. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Dan Leach, Tim Murray with you. The Preakness coming up on Saturday afternoon from Pimlico in Baltimore. The second leg of the Triple Crown. So weird last year that it was the final leg of the Triple Crown. All, all reversed. It was bizarre. It was very bizarre. So some normalcy. Uh, we'll have... Some, I don't think a full hundred plus thousand there in the infield, but it'll be uh, it will be crowds and it, it will feel a little bit normal and got a little controversy certainly too. And to talk all about it, you'll see him on NBC's coverage. He does such a fine job with uh, with everyone there uh, on NBC, Tarico and company. Kenny Rice joining us right now. Kenny, appreciate the time as always. Always love picking your brain, and I'm sure you've been asked a million times about. Uh, the controversy this week with Bob Baffert and Medina Spirit. Um, what is the feel there at Pimlico? Right now, Medina Spirit is your favorite to uh, to win the Preakness uh, coming off the Kentucky Derby uh, victory. And I, uh, off air, uh, Dan said, well, he's a horse. He doesn't know what's going on. So that is very true. So, uh, you know, Medina Spirit, if he was a human, he if he was a human, he might be a little, you know, all over the place. What's Medina Spirit's mindset right now? <laughs> uh, guys, it's great to be back with you. And Dan, earlier, as I was talking to Medina Spirit, he said, hey, what's with, what's with all these tests? Every time I turn around, they're taking my blood over here. <laughs> I'm trying to get ready to run a race already. Come on. Yeah, it's you know it, it's it's uh, it, it's really interesting. It's really quiet around the barn. Uh, he's there in the stall that's normally reserved for the Derby winner. Uh, you know the horses in the stake barn; they're all in one barn basically at Pimlico. It's such a intimate setting compared to the massive Churchill Downs setting. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean he's getting tested like every day almost. And so Medina Spirit, if he fails one test. Just one. He is not going to be running on Saturday. As of now, everything looks good that he's going to be running. And obviously, he is the favorite. And, uh, you know, the best thing he's got going for him is Jimmy Barnes. You know, Barnes is the probably the greatest assistant trainer in horse racing right now. He's been with Baffert for 20 years and been through all the, you know, triple crown tries and the successes. And uh, so I, I think he's in great hands there. But, uh, I think he's going to be pushed by concert tour. And I think the big, I think the wild card in here is midnight bourbon who got off to a bad start in Kentucky. I think he'll be out there pressing the pace with the new jockey. I read Ortiz and, uh, you know, I think it'd be a pretty interesting race, and heck, it's like a soap opera, so we're going to have a good ratings, I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and Kenny, just to, to kind of further the point about the, the, the sport in general, and I love it, I mean, obviously you do, there, there's people that just, you know, tune in for the, the triple crowd races every year, but there's so many people that enjoy uh, the sport of Kings, and I just wonder, for someone that, that knows so much about this this business and has been around so, so long, and as uh, Tim said, it's such a great job uh, with what you do, Kenny, 
just your feeling on, you know, you go back a couple years, Maximus Carey's taken down in the Derby. First time it's ever happened in all those, you know, you know, 100-plus years of derbies. You know, Baffert and the issues with Medina's spirit. Do you think that there's a problem in horse racing when it comes to these big days that so many people just tune in for that and they're seeing a horse taken out for the first time ever in the Derby? They're seeing, a, you know, Bob Baffert, the seven-time Derby winner, have his horse have controversy with, you know, illegal substances. Do, do we have a problem in the sport of horse racing right now? Yeah, we have a major problem, and one of the problems is horse racing itself. It has a tendency to eat its own, and that's what it's doing right yeah. now. And by that, I mean the, 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 it, it would be like the Lakers are playing at, uh, the Knicks in California. It's a different set of rules. Now they go to play the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. It's a different set of right. rules. That's what racing is. Basically what Baffert did, well, I'm going to throw out all the sports analogies. What Baffert did basically <laughs> is encroachment. Okay, he's encroachment. It's not the helmet-to-helmet contact that it appears to the masses out there that don't follow horse racing. Uh, if, if the medication used was used just outside of 14 days instead of inside 14 days in Kentucky, it would be okay. So how can something be legal but not legal? Uh, it, yep. You know, it's very it, it's contrasting. If the same substance that he used, which basically – you know, somebody would use if they had rheumatoid arthritis. It would make your joints feel a little better. It's not going to make you run faster or jump higher. Uh, if the same medication, same situations in California, Baffert gets a $500 fine and gets reprimanded, but the horse stays uh, the winner of whatever race he won and nobody gets suspended. Now, how can you have that rule in California? But in Kentucky, uh, there's a chance. Uh, and probably the odds are with this second test, you know, usually they kind of follow up pretty good with the first, that he might be taken down as the Derby winner. And it's going to look like the sport is just filled with people, you know, shooting up and, and pumping up their horses. And if you see Medina Spirit, guys, you know that. This is not a big horse. I mean, you know, he, you wouldn't look out there and say, hey, that looks like a linebacker. He's more like a, you know, more like a wide receiver in this group. So, uh, you know, it, it's just a mess that horse racing's made in uh, – you know, what's really a pretty competitive field this year. I don't think it's a great field, but it's a very competitive field. Sure. Yeah, no Mandaloon, no Hot Rod Charlie, or Essential Quality, 2-3-4 uh, yep. at the Kentucky Derby, not at uh, Pimlico. We're talking to Kenny Rice, who, of course, you'll see on Saturday's coverage on NBC. Just uh, does a great job at Kenny Rice Sports on Twitter. You mentioned Concert Tour, uh, another Baffert horse, uh, second shortest odds, Kenny you know, I, I heard someone, uh, you know, listening to some previews uh, of of the Preakness saying, if, is Concert Tour really going to go out and try to set the pace and, and maybe burn out Medina Spirit? So if you're looking for an exacta trifecta, should you be throwing the 10 horse in some of those? What do you think Concert Tour, because it's a Baffert horse that didn't win the Kentucky Derby, is, it, is, is he going to go out and try to set the pace at all? Yeah, I think he is. You know, Baffert goes back to those quarter horse training days. And, you know, he and Wayne Lucas both. Now, now, a lot of trainers do it, but they just seem to be really good at getting their horses ready, and they fire out of the gate. And Baffert works his horses probably in gate training as much as any of the major trainers out there. You know, when that when it opens, if you notice, they don't usually lag getting out of the gate. They usually get out there and set the pace. Uh, I think, you know, regardless if Medina Spirits ended or not, Concert Tour is going to be out near the lead. That's the best way he runs. I think Midnight Bourbon falls in there. That I think he's going to be the difference this time. Uh, you know, maybe he'll get out there and press uh, Medina Spirit earlier or it'd be Concert Tour. But, yeah, I think Baffert's got two legitimate shots in here. I like, uh, I like Midnight Bourbon, and I like uh, Crowded Trade 
the Chad Brown voice is 10 to 1 coming off a second and actually uh, seems to get a little better. And he's kind of taken the same route that uh, uh, Cloud Computing did when he won here four years ago. He's a little green. This will be his fourth race. And I think, you know, when you start doing the combinations of trifectas and superfectas and, you know, maybe even going to throw, you know, 20 bucks in there, you know, 10 to 1 on the crowded trade, I think he would be the long shot pick for me in this. Yeah, and Kenny, you, you mentioned Midnight Bourbon. Uh, my dad loves a, a bourbon at midnight, and he, I think he's obviously <laughs> arguably got the best jockey in the country, and I, I ran Ortiz Jr. Yeah. on him. And I, I, I think that, you know, as you mentioned, could get up there, get the lead, kind of how no one went after Medina Spirit in the Derby. I think it would be different in this scenario. But another horse that I wanted to get your thoughts on was Rombauer, the Flavian Pratt-ridden Mike McCarthy-trained 12-to-1 morning line favor, uh, you know, odds right now. I, I love him under Midnight Berman in, in a bunch of different exactas, trifectas. What do you think about Rombauer? Well, you know, I can't go against that because, uh, you, know, you know, he really comes into this thing uh, looking pretty good. And, you know, and I was a little skeptical at first because, you know, he was, uh, he was running out there at Golden Gate Fields on synthetic grass. or syn- No, not synthetic grass, synthetic track. Right. Uh, but you know, he's going to come off the pace. That, that's going to be his style. And, uh, you know, he's, um, he's got a good trainer in Mike McCarthy, who, who was uh, a protege of Wayne Lucas and Todd Fletcher. So he's got that backing for him. And uh, Pratt, I think, is a hot jock out there. Uh, he's going to have a pace to run at, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, three guys are going to be out there running. He's going to be, I think, the fourth guy, fifth guy. So coming down the stretch, I would not leave him out of I, – I cannot uh, disagree with that. I think he's he's got a legitimate shot to make some noise and hit the board. And if you look back historically at the Preakness, you know, unlike the Derby, which has about 34% of the time the winner comes through, uh, the favorite comes through, which is – you know, if if a handicapper, if you can hit like one out of three, you know, you're in the Hall of Fame. It's right. like a baseball player. And uh, about 40% of the time, you're going to get a winner of the Belmont is going to be the favorite. But at the Preakness, it's really unusual compared to any other major race. It's almost 50-50 that the favorite wins the race. Uh, you know, it's it's been true to form most cases. Cloud computing was was an exception in that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to overlook the two Bafferts uh, you know, when you go that way and, uh, you know, you, you, you know, then you start looking, okay, who's going to come in third, fourth, maybe Midnight Burden, maybe Ron Bauer. Uh, I even had a few people tell me, I think it's sentimental for Ram, you know, yeah. for God bless him. Wayne, Wayne Lucas, 86, I think now, and it looks great. And, you know, I mean, uh, 41 years ago, he won up here with Codex. So, uh, uh, you know, he, he will get, it will only be sentimental with Wayne. I mean, he'll put two dollars down if you got your social security check out there. But, you, know, to one. Not, you know, he's he's thirty to one, so you know what the heck? I mean, this would be like Lucas, wouldn't it? This would be his his farewell to go out in strong fashion. You know, they kind of wrote him off when he won with Oxbow eight years ago. So uh you know, I think that's too much of a shot. Ron Bauer would be the best of the long shots, I think. I, I'm going a little less on the odds. I'll take the ten to one crowded trading. All right, crowded trade as as the long shot. You know, Kenny, I bet you Steve Kornacki's you know strutting his stuff. He was the only one who got, <laughs> got it right. So I, I'm pulling for you and uh, and Brittany. You know, you guys are my two favorites. So I need you guys to come through with a winner. Um, we'll be watching on uh, on Saturday all day there on NBC. Appreciate it as always. Thanks so much, Kenny. Hey, listen, my pleasure. Great to be with you guys. Thanks. There he is, Kenny Rice. Uh, does a fine job a on NBC Sports. So. Um, 
You're putting a Superfecta ticket together. I, I see you're I'm, writing, I'm writing things down. So it was an interesting note that he said. It's about 50-50, the yeah, favorite I did not home. know that. And, I mean, I call myself a horseman. But that is incredible. I just think this is such a weird year with all. And not that the horse knows about the controversy. I just don't. I, I don't trust Medina Spirit. Concert tour, I definitely would lead towards much more. But I'm all about Midnight Bourbon on top of Rombauer and some other combinations. I think Midnight Bourbon's going to win this thing. Five to one morning line, about 4.8 to one in some places. And he likes the four crowded trade. He said that's his long shot at 10 to one. We'll get back to the NFL schedule release. The one and only Warren Sharp joining us top of the hour. It's the nightcap here on VSIN. 